This is Alan Seaborn from Winning at Home. Welcome to In Progress, a podcast about faith, life, and how we grow. And in this episode, I'm going to share something from uh, very early on in the book of Genesis. I think it was last week that I started, I said, okay, I'm going to just start reading in Genesis chapter 1, and I'm going to read until um, I come up to something that really jumps out at me and that I think You know, a lot of these episodes or most of them that I record are things that I share the previous Monday in our staff devotions on Monday morning. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to read through and see what jumps out at me that I think really would apply to what we're dealing with, where we're kind of finding ourselves right now as a staff. And I wanted to you know, this actually, what I'm sharing is not, is not kind of sparked by something that's actually specifically on my mind as much as it was something that really spoke to me. I'm like, yeah, I think, I think we all deal with this on some level. And so Genesis chapter three, this is the fall. I'm going to read verses one through 13. And while the story might be familiar to you, I want to encourage you to not tune out, to not just go, yep, I know what happened. They ate the fruit. It's, you know, the fall happened and there you go. I want to invite you to hear it with new ears. Be open to hearing what God has to say to us here. So Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? 
the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Now, I don't know if like me, as you heard those verses, there were some things that jumped out at you, but I want to go back and I want to talk about some things that, you know, happened in this story, but I think are also patterns in a lot of ways that continue to play out in each of our lives. Because I know for me, um, I can kind of see how for Eve and Adam both, they justified, they explained away their disobedience to God in the moment. And I want to look at and talk about kind of those two ways and, and talk about how that shows up in my life. And so first you have Eve. She's, you know, in conversation with the serpent. And that's a strange thing, obviously, but it's just kind of taken for granted in the story here that the humans and the animals are talking back and forth. And what happens with Eve is she knows the expectation. And she starts thinking through, okay, yeah, that's what God said, but yeah, I agree. That doesn't really make that much sense when you think about it. I mean, how could there be one tree that we have to avoid? All the others are fine, but this one tree we can't eat from. And I started thinking through how I, how we say, yeah, there are some verses in the Bible that talk about X, Y, Z, whatever uh, the thing that applies to the moment that we're in right then. We go, yeah, there's some verses that say that. But, you know, if you look at some of the, some more of the surrounding culture and context, I think maybe it means, and we're able to twist it to say something that is pretty clear that these verses don't mean or we sometimes don't even put that much effort into it and just say, yeah, but that was 2,000 years ago. That was 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 years ago. And I, I get why God cared about that then and there, um, but I don't, I don't think it's actually that big of a deal, right? <laughs> I, I know that I'm not the only one that does this. Maybe my process of it, maybe you don't <laughs> kind of argue it like in a lawyer-like case looking for the loophole, but I'm going to be honest. There are some times where I do exactly that, and I decide, and by the way, I argue these cases in my head because I'm, I have something that I want to do. And then it turns out I figure out how to justify in my own head, oh, and it turns out that the thing I actually already wanted to do is just fine because of all these reasons that I just laid out. So I think that's one of the ways that we <laughs> kind of go off the path, that we directly disobey. And then what I think Adam 
his part of the story here signifies is how easy it is to look around and kind of gauge ourselves and our own behavior and our own obedience based on what we see happening around us. I don't know if any of you have ever had an accountability partner or been in an accountability group with other people who uh, struggle with some of the same stuff that you do, but it can have a tendency to, you know, you show up and say, ah, this past week, uh, not a good week for me. I did this, this, this. And then the person across the room from you says, yeah, I did too. It wasn't a great week for me either. And then everyone kind of goes, well, (laughs) I guess we'll just try to do better this coming week. I don't know if anyone's had that experience or maybe your uh, journey of kind of comparing and looking at other people around you and gauging where you are on the spectrum, how things are going for you. Um, Maybe it's not that direct or uh, I was going to say flagrant. I don't know if that's even the right idea or what I'm trying to communicate, but um, maybe it's more just looking at what's happening in the world around you and you're gauging it and going, well, this person and that person are doing this, that, and whatever else. And it doesn't seem that they're having any really negative consequences. So I think I'm going to go for it. And wherever we find ourselves in this uh, spectrum of self-justification of explaining away why what God actually said wasn't what God actually meant, or maybe it was what he meant, but you see other people doing it and they're getting away with it. So I don't want to be the one that's cheated and not getting away with doing what I want to do. So Adam and Eve both convince themselves that it's fine that they do what they already wanted to do like me and you. And then uh, after the decision, after the fact, they realize in a moment of clear-headedness, oops, we, we messed up. So first they realize that they were naked. And, you know, you've, you maybe have heard this talked about in different ways that They knew in that moment after sinning that they had been exposed. They knew that they were vulnerable. They knew that something was off. And then when God shows up, when they hear him in the garden coming to find them, they hide. And it's really interesting to me because often in that moment after the fact, as soon as our behavior, the thing we justified to ourselves in the moment, as soon as it becomes known to somebody else, which by the way, it's known to God in real time, but we somehow block that out of our minds. But when it becomes known by somebody else or when it dawns on us that God does know about what happened and what we've been doing and where we walked off the path, um, then we feel this 
flush this moment of shame, of being exposed, of, wow, why, why did I think that was okay? Why did I think that was a good idea in the moment? And I want to share, it's kind of funny that this happened this past weekend. So I, I'm recording now on a Wednesday and this, uh, I shared this in our staff devotions on Monday and the day before that on Sunday, something happened with me and Annalise where I felt this experience. And after it happened, I told her like, you're not going to believe this, but I'm actually talking about this in devotions tomorrow morning and it happens right here. So for the past, I, I'm not exactly sure, month, month and a half, somewhere probably in there, God has been uh, working on me. God has been confronting me in some ways with uh kind of the reminder that especially as um, church on Sunday has been virtual for us uh, for, you know, a while now. I've lost track of how long that's been. But it's been really easy to just, you know, we're already sitting on the couch on Sunday morning. And when it's time for church, we tune into that. And as soon as Pete's done preaching, we turn it off and we turn on a different show or we go about our day and kind of what God's been laying on my heart is I've been treating Sunday like Saturday number two every week. And I've been using that time to work on stuff, not really winning at home stuff, but personal stuff or uh, working on stuff around the house, organizing, cleaning, um, working on, you know, buying and selling stuff for my card collection. I'm trying to, trying to kind of navigate, okay, what does it look like to actually honor the Sabbath day, to keep it holy? And so God's been laying that on my heart for a while. And then I finally decided after maybe a few weeks or a month of him kind of bringing that to my attention to say, okay, I want to do something different now. And so for the last Sunday and the Sunday before, I had talked to Annalise and said, okay, I really want to work on this. I'm, I'm basically, you know, just doing my own thing second Saturday um, instead of really being obedient and saying, okay, God, I'm going to give you this day. And so I said, I want to work on not doing other work. And we talked about it a little bit. And then Annalise, this past Sunday, she took a nap as mid-afternoon. And while she was asleep, I thought, okay, there's this thing that I've been wanting to get done. And... Yeah, it's technically organizing, but it's going to be a fun thing for me because I like stuff to be organized. And on the other side of it, I will, I'll be happy that that's done. And so I kind of convinced myself, like we talked about from this story, that 
well, I don't think that really falls in the category. I've, you know, all these justifications and I felt good about it. So I went and I started working on this project, which I had just told, you know, Annalise the week before, I don't want to be doing these kind of projects anymore, but I convinced myself it was not in that category and I was going to go for it. And she was asleep, so there's no one to (laughs) remind me of what I said and what I claimed I was working on. And then she woke up from her nap and she walked out in the hall. And when I heard her, I turned and looked. And in the moment when she saw me and saw what I was doing, not based on judgment that was in her eyes, I knew it was a you know, moment of what Adam and Eve experienced here right after the fact when they're confronted with the reality of what they've done going, oh, wait, oops, what? why did I think this was okay? And I told Annalise, I said, it's bizarre, but until I saw you see me doing this, I felt completely justified, completely good to go. But the moment you saw me, I immediately knew, no, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) I don't know if you can relate to something like that where you just felt busted in the moment of something that you were like, no, I I think I'm good. You know, we I'm sure we all remember the feeling of a parent or grandparent, a teacher, some kind of authority figure walking into the room when we were a kid doing something we knew we weren't supposed to, but we thought maybe it wasn't that big of a deal. And that flash, that moment of, oops, <laughs> I wasn't supposed to do this. I don't know why I thought I could. I want to encourage all of us. If there's something that God's been laying on our hearts, if maybe like uh, me with the the Sabbath thing, and I'm not saying that to say this is your thing, but to say I, I would guess, I would feel pretty confident that God's been laying something on each of our hearts, an area where we need to grow, an area where we need to more fully surrender, more fully submit to his lordship and has been reminding us, hey, this is what I want you to do. This is what I called you to do. And I still really do care about this. Um, If we've been kind of going, well, I, I have some other explanations and I think it makes more sense to do it my way or I'm seeing other people not doing that, God. So I think I'm going to just kind of join with them and not do that either. The reminder from the fall, the beginning, the first story of um, mistakes, of pain, of sin, that pattern, it still plays out in our lives all these years and years and years later. And if if you see yourself in this story or in my story of me 
more than you wish you did, um, I want to invite you to join with me and say, God, I, I want to take this more seriously. I want to be more faithful. I want to be more surrendered. I really want to make you Lord of my life. And uh, I want to encourage each of us to do that. And instead of letting these patterns continue to play out in our lives unchecked or um, undealt with in a lot of ways, I want to encourage all of us to submit, to surrender, and to say, God, I'm going to take what you say seriously. It's something that he's been working on me about over the past, like I say, well, I mean, in general, over the past decades of my life, but in this specific area, uh, over the past, you know, handful of weeks, month and a half, somewhere in there. And I want to encourage you with that thing that God's been laying on your heart for a while and you've been explaining away and justifying and whatever it is, I want to encourage you to say, okay, God, I'm going to actually hand that over to you, actually surrender, actually obey. When we do that, we find ourselves drawing closer to him, maybe in some ways that are even unexpected to us, but ways that we realize, oh yeah, okay, I do trust God that you want to show up. You want to be at work in my life. And what I need to do is just say yes. So I want to invite each of us to do that today. Whatever God's been bringing to mind, laying on our hearts, let's just say yes.